Frank, I just put out a video on my YouTube channel called Should I Wait for .NET MAUI? Question mark. And um, I know that you haven't seen this video because you don't follow me on the YouTubes, but I had a very declarative answer, which was, no, you should not wait. You should start development today. And literally one minute ago, Frank, you told me that you were about to rewrite one of your applications in Xamarin Forms. And I just thought this would be a fun time to talk about you know, when new frameworks are going to be released, what should we do? Like, what are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Because we are basically eight months away from .NET 6 and the .NET MAUI launch. So what better time to talk about, you know, what are we going to do for the next eight months than right now, Frank? <laughs> That's a funny lead up because you're saying like, in eight months, we're going to have MAUI. So why should you not use MAUI right now? Because <laughs> it is available as a preview is that right or well, is there any version of it out there yes and no and yes and no maybe there's <laughs> there's you know bits of ios and android that run on .NET 6 but i'm pretty sure in the next preview there's something i don't really know i don't work on the team anymore, it's hot Frank. it's hot okay i haven't tried it right right so yeah um i was telling you that i want to rewrite iCircuit in Xamarin Forms. Now, I mean that with caveats. I am not touching the iOS and Mac versions, which are perfect in every way. <laughs> what I am going to do are the Android and Windows versions because mm. they have been falling behind in support. And Xamarin Forms is in like a really good place right now. I was just writing a little Xamarin Forms tool the other day. And oh my goodness, it's good stuff. So to answer your question, I'm just hoping like Maui is some namespace changes. <laughs> like, I don't know, change the project file somehow. I'm hoping I don't have to do much for the Maui. Fingers crossed. And so, yeah, I'm still going forward with Xamarin Forms. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, if people are, you know, have been listening and they're in the Xamarin universe or maybe not a Xamarin developer, .NET MAUI is the next evolution of Xamarin Forms. And Xamarin Forms in a, is a cross-platform UI framework for iOS, Android, and Windows applications. I would say mostly focus on iOS and Android, but the Windows, I'd say it's it's pretty close. There's a few features that aren't there, but like they're pretty close. I mean, you know, it's, some of the advanced advanced features aren't there, but this is pretty close. But down at Maui is the next evolution that sort of re-architects the architecture. Oh, geez, James, use your <laughs> words. Use your word, better words, James. But it You got is, this. <laughs> it's building from the ground up a new architecture of how the controls are displayed and how they are available for extensibility. So right now there's a lot of tightly coupledness. Again, Xamarin Forms has been like, what, seven, eight years in development at this point, And we're at 5.0, which is an amazing release. And Maui is going to kind of decouple those things, allow things to be easily themed to, you know, Fluent UI or Cupertino or custom drawn with Ski or whatever, and make customizing those controls a lot easier and focus on performance and advanced tooling and things like that. But you're right, Frank, like Xamarin Forms 5, which is delightful in every single way possible. There's just so much packed into it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because um, what you were saying about Windows, where maybe there's some features missing or things like that. James, I got to tell you, my favorite part of Xamarin Forms is if there's a control that's not behaving a way that I like, don't like, then I go to the source code and I copy paste its renderer into my own source code and I change it to work the way I want it to because it's open source. It's really easy to extend. You just put the little assembly attribute and say, for this class type, use mine instead. Mine's better. Ha ha ha. And so I find it really nice for working around things. When it comes to a cross-platform context, we've talked about this a lot in the past. I'm much happier to start with 100% code coverage kind of um, code base, uh, what am I saying? 100% code share between all the platforms and then use my 10% difference to fine tune it to those platforms. But I'd much rather start with that good foundation. The only reason I didn't in the past was because I wrote all these apps before it existed, you know? And uh, right, so let's start there. I want to get into all the live editing tools and stuff like that. But do you agree with me that one of the most powerful parts of Xamarin Forms, leading question, sorry, Your Honor, leading question, that's one of the most powerful features of it? Yeah, the extensibility of even what's there today and that it's open source and you can grab the source code and the structure of it, I think is very, very delightful. And to me, that was even more necessary in the past. However, now I find it almost not necessary. It's like the edge case, you know what I mean? Of it is like, it's really cool that you can do that. But for my applications that I've built recently and have been building out, just everything is sort of built in there. Like the, the whole drawing, um, API is inside of there, all of the collection view, the carousel view, like shell, all this stuff. But I think you are right. I mean, that to me has always been that, but to me, it's also, Hey, I can reuse all my C sharp and .NET code across all these platforms. And, um, you know, we've all done it. You and I, we both built Objective-C apps. I've built Java apps. We've built iOS and Android apps without anything cross-platform. We've done file linking and project <laughs> linking, and we've done, you know, crazy ways of sharing code. But there is something delightful to just have this, you know, .NET standard library that's like, here's all of your source code and everything is right there. And it just kind of works magically. It's very delightful. Yeah. And I should uh, I should rewind and I want to paint a picture of what a what a terrible corner I've painted myself into mixing metaphors. So I have uh, an I, I did it the kind of file linking style that we used to do in the past where 80 percent of the code was basically your your model code. And then 20% was your UI rough numbers, you try to get that 20% down to 10%. Um, but that was just rough numbers. And I did it that way. The problem is that 10% or that 20% can really kill you after a long time. And it was never um, like I could always go back and recompile. It was whenever I would want to create new UIs, new, new whole pages of user interface. Because, yeah, I can reuse all the data binding, but I have to go into Android and do AXML UIs, then I have to go into Windows and do XAML UIs. It's a small amount of work, but you know, I've just noticed over time it's enough that I don't want to do it and I don't end up doing it. And then on top of that, I painted myself into a corner in that the Windows version of the app is the old Windows 8 
SDK, which is not even supported in Visual Studio 2019. So I have not even been able to compile the app um, since 2019 came out. And that's been rough. Yeah, I just wrote an article. I don't know if it's out by the time this recording comes out, but I, on the Xamarin blog, I wrote an article about you know creating a beautiful setting screen. And <laughs> I started, you know, with Xamarin Forms and I was making my cadence over the holidays and I wanted something really quick and easy and just very low time commitment. And I just used the built-in table view and it was, you know, it was totally functional, did the things I wanted it to do, but it wasn't a delightful experience. But for V1 shipping the application in the amount of time that I did, as you know, Frank, it was very minimal time was was awesome. And I wrote like, Hey, I decided that after the week had been, you know, the app had been out for a few weeks and I've been using it a lot that I wanted to redo the UI. Right. And Mm -hmm. sure enough, like you just said, I went in, I created a new page. I just took all of the code behind that I had before and all the view models and stuff. And I just put them in this new page and I just you know, spent an hour or two, whipped up a new UI, made it all nice and fancy with light theme and dark theme modes and little toggles (laughs) for the themes. And it just worked on iOS and Android and I was done. Yeah. (laughs) You're making me so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Good, There's this, uh, there's this feature in iCircuit that people have been asking for, for 10 years. <laughs> it's a frequency analysis of the circuit. It's a hard feature for me to do, but people have been asking for it for so long. I'm like, I just got to sit down and write this feature, you know, just, just got to do it. But honest to goodness, James, like part of me doesn't, I don't want to write the feature because I know I have to port the UI over to a hundred different platforms. And so part of this uh, desire of mine to rewrite the code into Xamarin Forms is, although I'm not going to touch the iOS and Mac versions, I am 100 million percent going to start embedding Xamarin Forms into them. So any new UIs I create will be in Forms on iOS and Mac, even though, um, you know, they're... uh, I, I have native UIs everywhere else <laughs> currently, but I'm pretty confident with my experience with forms that I can make them fit in very nicely with the native UI. Oh yeah, totally. And I think even, you know, as things progress, it'll probably be even easier for you to do with .NET MAUI since everything is kind of interface based and could probably even extend into your existing app <laughs> easier. I'm not positive in that scenario, but I like where you're going with this, which is trying to get away from lack of productivity. That's what I call it, right? Like the problem that the world has, every developer has is that we need to create apps and we need to create them everywhere. Right. And there's, there's delightful frameworks to do that. I mean, if you look at what Apple's done, like I think with catalyst and the M one, like their whole thing is write less apps, right? That's kind of it. You know, you still got to test your apps. Okay. Because just because (laughs) the UI displays correct it doesn't mean that the ui technology is perfect like there's nothing's perfect react native's not perfect flutter isn't perfect you know cordova isn't perfect xamarin forms isn't perfect heck probably catalyst isn't even perfect either you know and that's the that's the struggle or the swift ui too is the struggle of cross-platform ui you you can write it once you still got to test everywhere but guess what you were already going to test everywhere 
<laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I, for me, that's the Android project. <clears throat> I'm like, well, it it compiles, and if it's compiling, it probably runs James, but that's not actually true in Xamarin Forms because quite often I'll create uh, custom views that just don't function at all without like a custom renderer. And that's not, I'm saying like how everyone should write their forms. It's how I write my forms. Cause I'm a weirdo. I love writing custom controls. I, yeah, all my apps are custom controls. Uh, but, 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 but so speaking of custom controls, you know, the best part is that the, the live XAML thing actually works with them, with custom renderers. James, you and I have worked on projects like this in the past, and custom renderers are a bear to work with in these kind of live editor scenarios. But that's kind of the feature that sold me on, okay, Xamarin Forms is totally worth using and investing some time in right now for no other reason than that productivity. And I know it's kind of bad to say, like, I'm picking this framework because it just makes me happier to use. But yeah, I'm kind of just picking the framework because it makes me happier to use. <laughs> no, I think that's a great... I want to put that on the website. Um, <laughs> you know, I, you know I, I've been working really close with the, the Xamarin team and Jake and Maddie and stuff. And I think they're, whenever I talk to them, their focus has always been developer productivity, developer productivity, developer productivity. And you're right. There's a lot of things that are really advanced and just aren't a delightful experience to use because of complexities. But the nice thing about XAML Hot Reload, so Hot Reload, that is now actually available across WPF, UWP, and all of Xamarin Forms, including if you're doing Xamarin Forms for UWP, um, <laughs> is crazy. <laughs> is crazy. Yeah. Is um, that they all use now the same pipeline in the most recent release 16.9 and 8.9 of VS and VS for Mac, they have this something called a changes only or apply changes or something like that. But it, 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 what it does is instead of refreshing the whole page, it does like a Dom diff. So it'll yeah. only modify what's there. And that's delightful. Like what you want to do is hit debug and you want to modify your code and you want it to update in real time. And Mobile, unfortunately, is very complex because different versions of Android and different phones and different layouts and different SDKs and iOS is super complex. If you can just build it and hit debug, then this thing just works. And it works with everything. Like I use it with uh I use it with all my sync fusion controls. I use it with all my custom controls. I use it with the Xamarin Community Toolkit controls. Like it pretty much just works. It, it still freaks me out when it works on the device. <laughs> like, I'll just change something, and then I'll just, like, see it off to my left and change, and be like, oh, right, live, hot, super live hot. It, it's, it's funny because it has, I don't want to say it, it has changed how I program a bit. Because in the same way writing unit tests makes you compose your app in a certain style to make it easy to test, I compose my app in a certain style to make sure it runs really well under hot reload. I don't want, I, you know, I want like fresh data in there. I want it, you know, usually you can get real data in there, but even if there's no real data, like I just flood it with stuff. 
you do all your, you don't even have to do interfaces. That's what's so nice. <laughs> you can just use your real data sources and everything. And somehow because of that diffing engine, it works. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit bad, like uh, we're not getting paid for this commercial here. But um, uh, so I should say it does fail from time to time and it fails in hilarious ways. It'll just crash or something like that. But the joke is it's so useful and productive while it's working that I don't even care if it crashes. I'm just like, okay, whatever. Sip the coffee, reload, move on. (laughs) It's true. It's like the two bits of the, of the spectrum, right? Which is like, when you look at one end, which is, you know, oh, I have to compile and deploy. If you can make that really fast, then it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Whenever I see, I've been in so many conferences and watched you know, all the hot reload state of Flutter and also React Native, these are huge selling points, but you see the apps fall over at some point. The state gets into some state, the DOM gets into some state. Like it just is like, you've done too much here. I can't save you. (laughs) You know, and some of those are really complex where they're more than to the UI. They're the app logic too. It's just like, oh my goodness, I can't do anything. And it's just like, and a big red screen. It's like, please reload. But you're right. If that reload mechanism is to like to the app crashes you hit debug again if that thing is under five or ten seconds or whatever it is you feel like it's not a big deal you know ideally hopefully it's not doing it every all the time um but you know um yeah i think you're right there you know well uh, i mean we are doing it every time right now every time i want to change a color i have to hit stop run change the color, stop, run. But with hot reload, like you can do that infinitely. So I'm not trying to say like, it's fine that it crashes, but it's 100% fine that it crashes. It doesn't matter because I can just stop and rerun because I'm doing that anyway, a million times. So every time it doesn't crash, it just, it gets little brownie points from me. Um, Our good friends over at Sync Fusion, they love us, they love you, and they have hundreds on hundreds of beautiful UI controls for any of your applications, whether they're for a single product or platform or for every single platform that's out there. They got controls for Xamarin, Flutter, UWP, Blazor, ASP.NET Core, Angular, React, Vue, jQuery, WPF, WinUI, WinForms, you name it, they got it. I use them in all my applications. Um, And Island Tracker that I just shipped has all sorts of sync fusion. Um, beautiful controls in it. And they're finally optimized and tuned for every single platform. They have great documentation. They have not only all of the great developer platform stuff of Sync Fusion essential toolkits um, for these applications, but they also have um, a bunch of free products too, like the Xamarin UI kit, which is a bunch of templates and a bunch of predefined pages that you can just use in your application. It's like, here you go, boom. Syncfusion's awesome. I love them. You can get started for free with a free trial. They also have a free community edition, which is really, really nice too. All you got to do is go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict to find out more information about all the great things that Syncfusion has. Go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict. And thanks Syncfusion for sponsoring this week's pod. Thank you, Syncfusion. And now I can totally obsess over putting in some Syncfusion controls into the app. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot that has happened here. And that's why I think like Don and Maui gets me excited because in my video, I explained that it is this evolution. So all of the things 
that are so great about Xamarin Forms 5 with all the controls and the extensibility, the hot reload of the XAML, but also there's another feature called Xamarin Hot Restart, which is the ability to plug your iPhone into your Windows machine and hit debug in a Xamarin Forms app, and it just deploys onto your iOS device without a Mac. And Hot Reload works in there is absolutely delightful. And that brings down the build time by like 80 or 90% when you're you know developing on a on a, a Windows machine because you don't have to do full compilations. It's quite delightful. All of that stuff comes to Maui, right? That's here. And in the video that I put out, I'm putting in the show notes below. So someone asked me, they're like, well, should I, I'm learning C sharp for the first time. Like I'm getting into development. Should I wait? And Frank, the answer is no, you should never wait. You should, you should do it now. Just go for it. Right. Am I wrong? I'm not crazy. Right? No, I, I, why ever wait six months that might as well not even exist. Like time doesn't exist. The future certainly doesn't exist. So of course not wait. Plus, um, I mean, SyncFusion, all the other control vendors out there, there, there's so many options right now. It's just a big plethora of UI controls out there to build apps with. Yeah, it, it's a good situation to be in. Um, for me, why way is I'm like, oh gosh, now I have to do MVVM for everything. <laughs> but that's uh that's a different answer to a kind of a different question because not all my apps are that nicely architected because I'm an MVC person. So a lot of my stuff is more that style. So I have to do a small amount of re-architecting in the app, but I'm a bit lucky that I've already done good chunks of that because I did have the Windows version of the app and that was written in, what do you call it? It was like the Win 8 XAML, but it's still XAML. It still had the principles of view models and binding and all that. I don't think I'll be able to use the XAML directly, but I'll definitely be able to reference it and use whatever view models I did create. Oh yeah, totally. I think there'll be quite a lot of reuse that you can have and there's the alignment's not that too crazy complex to bring a lot of things over. And of course you want to update some things too, but yeah, no, I think it is a, is a finicky thing because what I say is, you know, had I waited for .NET Maui, right? Like if I'm just sitting here in December, I'm like, oh, it's coming in a year. I wouldn't have released the apps to the app store. Like I wouldn't be generating (laughs) profit. Like by the time the .NET Maui comes out, like you'll, you'll probably have it done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm super excited for .NET 6, but I keep saying, like, .NET's actually in a kind of a good spot right now. So .NET 6 is just kind of icing on the top. It's just unifying a lot of things and just bringing all the platforms together. And then MAUI is, as you said, it's just going to be performance improvements it's going to break my custom renderers but i'll figure out how to rewrite them in maui i'm sure um hopefully there'll be wonderful guides and all that stuff for some reason i don't know is is ignorance bliss like i'm just i'm not worried about that upgrade like for me the hard parts are architect your app so that you have i notify property change everywhere and write stuff in xaml so you can take advantage of hot reload that's kind of the changes i i'm thinking about yeah you know when i when i look at the demos and some of the you know look at the github repo of maui that's the other thing i point on the video is like all of your xaml 
it's going to work. There might be a few changes, like just optimizations because they have dropped a few properties or renamed a few properties or things like that. But that's not a big deal, right? Some namespace changes, there's going to be a try convert tool. But ideally, you know, all of your business logic, all that stuff's going to work when it comes over. And that's why I was trying to tell this person and the kind of this video described that like, hey, you know, like you said earlier, that UI is only 20 or 30% of your app. Like it, it's a really important part of your application, <laughs> but the other 70% or 60% or 50% or whatever it is, is just C sharp and .NET. And that skill set applies across anything that you're building with, with C sharp or .NET, right? So I think that's the other thing I look at too. And in this debate is like, should I wait? Well, even if you were to just wait to build your app later, you could be learning so much around the infrastructure, the architecture, and all those things are going to apply. And I think you're right. Like I'm not very worried about it. And for me, I also have a year to, <laughs> to upgrade because that Xamarin forms five will be supported for a whole nother year and it's open source. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think making the switch over is I will do it in time when necessary, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have faith. Is that right? <laughs> um, the people in control that APIs, my one uh, critique of them is that they they overthink everything. But that's kind of a positive also. It's like that interview question, what's what's your problem? Like, I work too hard. Well, they overthink everything, which is good and bad <laughs> because it means we get some over-engineered things, but it also means they cover the bases. And so out of the things that I fear in .NET, this is not one of them. <laughs> like I, People know that you can't break the API completely. Like, sure, change some namespaces and things like that. But um, yeah, it is faith. But we went through an API break with um, iOS when we switched to, what do we call it? Like the universal system? Whenever, unified, like, unified API. Unified, unified API. And it still shows up. Like technically it still supports the old API. <laughs> um, I don't know why, but well, I guess I do have some apps that might still have it. Anyway, I've survived that namespace change. It wasn't a big deal. I'm a little more concerned about my custom renders, but I don't imagine a lot of other people out there are running custom renders. I don't know. Uh, I believe also you'll there's a there's going to be some sort of backwards compatibility shim layer from my understanding oh, really? from one of the community standups. I think it's some like pack or something like that. Um, unconfirmed, oh. confirmed. I don't know. I, <laughs> I I know too much information, but like I guess I can go confirm that with David if that's public <laughs> knowledge. But I swear that was somewhere on the internet. Um, <laughs> but yes. Well, you heard it here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I'm excited, uh, James. I admit I'm even doing the inversion of control thing. Because you know what happens? You create one class called a service. And all of a sudden you're like, well, you know what? I should have a second service. Well, how are they going to talk to each other? Well, guess I'll use a container. <laughs> and oh, it's a, it's a slippery slope. But so far, I, uh, I've held myself back and I only use... Uh, IOC for services. I'm not passing around data or anything like that. And that's basically m me just cheating at global variables. I still feel that way, but it's a fun cheat <laughs> to just be able to pull up that service wherever you want. And then I can feel like I'm a, I'm a modern programmer. Nice. Yeah. You are a modern programmer, Frank. I notify property change 
all the things. I I import your MVVM helpers just way too often into all my projects. But you know, I cheat. I don't want to give you your NuGet download. So I just uh, go to your GitHub and I copy and paste the code because there's always something in it I want to change. It's, it's never exactly how I want it to work, James. You know, that's, that's definitely how I, I made it because now the... Now the Xamarin Community Toolkit has a bunch of my stuff in it. Like I, I kind of told them, I was like, hey, you know, you know, can you please take all this stuff so I don't have to support this anymore? And they're like, that sounds great. But they didn't take all of it. So I'm like, okay, well, I don't want two packages. So I'll just copy and paste my own code because it's it's right. It's like, you know, I just, oh. there's a bunch of stuff that's nice. Does the Community Toolkit have like observable object view model base? Oh, yeah. Do they put that kind of stuff in there? Oh, oh yes. Oh, see, I don't know. You know, I've been so into native UIs for so long. I have not been keeping up <laughs> with the Xamarin Forms world. I, I have a bit of catch up to do. Uh, I did see that the toolkit was, what, recently updated or something. There was a little bit of a hoopla going around, and that had some neat little features in it. Yeah, 1.0 inside of it. And um, it's it's a cool collaboration between a bunch of people at, at the Xamarin team and, and at Microsoft and the community. Yeah, there's all sorts of like really cool um, controls. And like I use the tab view so you can put tabs anywhere and make like, you know, weird buttons and cool stuff. <laughs> they have a dock layout and expander and a shield control and an avatar view and badges and all sorts of all sorts of crazy things, um, which are nice. And there's yeah documentation on it. They have this thing called the uniform grid. This is probably one of my favorite things. It's a it's a grid that's uniform, like just it'll automatically adapt you know so stuff like that where you're like oh i could have written some custom code or a custom render like they just did it yeah which is cool sometimes you just want a uniform grid yeah totally makes sense uh there was another one in there the badges isn't that funny like that one just kind of comes up and you're like oh glad someone else did it for me yeah (laughs) like thank you thanks for putting a little background color with a number on it perfect love you know what I kind of want for um, your observable object? I kind of want weak references to all the on-property changes. Have you ever done a version like that? I have actually, you know what? I think the most recent version of it, now we're really getting the weeds, uses a um, weak event manager by default. So, Your version of it or the community toolkit? Good question. You don't know um, what your version does. Well, we're, you know what? I'm not even going to make fun of you for that because people ask me questions about my libraries all the time. And I'm like, hmm, good question. Yes. Um, I did it because I was working with Brandon and a few other people in the community. And I was like, oh, I think I should do this thing and make it weak, weak references by default. But I don't know. Uh for for those of you who are maybe wondering why I'm asking this question, there is a little trick in .NET where if you don't un- unsubscribe your events, it's pretty easy to create kind of permanent references to objects and kind of eat away at your memory. It's not technically a leak because you can trace that object and find the source of the leak. <laughs> you know, it's, it hasn't been lost or anything. 
but it's a problem for uh, very long running things if you load up lots and lots of data, like lots of images or something like that. And so we like weak references so that we don't have that, that problem. But at the same time, it creates a little bit of a danger zone because, yeah, then you are missing rooted references. But it is an op- a nice little optimization to have sometimes. Yeah, you know what? I have it, and you know, I should really do this. You're right. I have it in the commands. I have an async command and a non-async command, but I don't have it in there. I'm going to add that. I'm totally going to do that. It's technically a breaking change because <laughs> if someone's... Re- uh, no, I mean, it should be fine. i just saying there are, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of what the scenario would be for losing that ref. I don't know. It's tricky. I would make a separate class. Like I would say like a, a weak observable object and maybe mm. a, a weak uh, view thing. Because it, it, it's safe under some circumstances, not safe under others. That makes sense. Well, there you go, people. We have completely gone off topic from where we're talking about with Don and Maui and Dameron Forms into weak references because if you didn't know, they're probably important. <laughs> I've been tracking down a lot of memory bugs lately, so I'm sorry. It's just on the top of my mind. I apologize to everyone for that rabbit hole, but you know what you're getting into with this podcast. You do. You kind of do. I think, I mean, most people think they do. Maybe they don't, but I don't know. I am really fascinated to see some of the early previews, get my hands on some .NET MAUI goodness. But yeah, I'm I'm going in, file new right now, create new apps, do my thing. And I'm excited to see where your, you know, iCircuit days go because the Android and the Windows version, yeah, they they could use some uh, some sprucing up, if you will. Yes, yes. Thank you for saying it that politely. <laughs> for me, it's really um, the the other way I painted myself into the corner was fine. I could still use Visual Studio 2017 to compile the Windows version. But of course, I've adopted C Sharp 8 and C Sharp 9 features mm-hmm. in the code base. So I cannot compile that code with 2017. Oh, yeah. So if for no other reason, it'll just be nice to have... Uh, all those modern language features in in that code base. So you, yippee you, for that. C sharp nine. That that we, we have to do an episode on that. There are some funny little things in that language. Another episode. I think we did one episode or lightning talks on it. I forget. This it, it was something. Well, now I actually have some experience with it. Because before like we had just installed the betas and played around with it for a while now. But now I'm typing new parenthesis parenthesis, and it's mm. getting the right object, and it's weird. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, I think that's a, you know, just development in general is like there's always new shiny toys. We have a lot of time to play with them, and in regards to even what we're talking about, C sharp, .dot net, .dot Maui is like, yeah, there's always going to be new shiny things to play with, right? That are coming out. Like I look at like Swift UI, right? And like even when Swift was released, like there's there's a early adopter mentality, but then there's also the tried and true approach and easing into a technology. And this just isn't a, a done thing or Zoom. this is anything, right? Like you saw this with people moving from Java to Kotlin, right? Like, like when things are released in a V1 state or even a pre V1 state, like some, some things need some massaging. They need to be worked out of the system and it's okay to you know, 
not jump ship, right? You know, not jump ship, but not transition immediately, right? Maybe if you're at the time and it's like, oh, file, you know, file new and it's November, 2021 to date this, right? And it's come out like, yeah, maybe start with a new project, but don't wait. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to, you know, you know, wait until that to actually start a project to me. That that's the thing that I like to encourage people not to, not to wait. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. If I've already written a UI and I think it's a good UI, there's no real reason why I should port it to a cross-platform thing, unless it's causing me those kinds of problems. And, um, as they are now. <laughs> so like until you get to that point, then you can switch over. But for Greenfield, um, I'm probably going to do a lot more file news and forms projects just because if nothing else, it's an architecture. It's an app architecture. It's uh, kind of an opinion, opinionated way of saying, here's how you should kind of write your UI app. And I appreciate that having some kind of formalism because otherwise it's kind of the wild, wild west. Um, I appreciate having some boundaries. Yeah. And I think once you get into it a little bit, like I always talk about like learning curve, like there's some things that are immediately easy to get into, but then immediately get difficult. <laughs> Xamarin forms, if you adopt the MVVM approach, I think it is a a relatively large learning curve. Like you got to learn XAML and you got to learn C sharp and you got to learn MVVM, you got to learn data binding, but you don't have to go all in on that at first. Like I have this one-on-one series I've been doing on my YouTubes, shout out to my YouTubes. And, um, I've been trying to slowly like ramp up, like you don't have to do all that stuff ahead, but I will say this, once you wrap your head around that, once that clicks, I think you become really productive. And I don't think the learning curve goes much higher from, from there. There's always things to learn, but it's not like an ever increasing difficult thing. Like once you can get over that hurdle of understanding how the XAML connects to the, the code behind and the bindings work and the things like that, then I think you're on a really good pace to just go. I mean, I've been doing this for six, seven years now, my goodness, you know, you, you know, it's the five year anniversary too of mm-hmm. acquisition. Like I've been at Microsoft almost oh, for five geez. years. That's crazy. Right. It's like bananas. Yeah, yeah, that is bananas. <laughs> but um, I, I totally agree with you because when you were saying it, it's a steep learning curve, I was like, well, I can't even remember my learning curve because I feel like I've been dealing with XAML and view models for feels like my entire career now. So I don't remember even learning that stuff. But um, yeah, it's it's... The neat thing is, once you have those down, once you have that general architecture down in your head of those four things, throw in services, throw in a little IOC stuff, um, once you have that pattern down, you just apply that across the entire app. That's what makes it an app architecture. It's not, it's not, here's how you present a UI architecture. It's here's how you do the entire thing. And so... You just, it just becomes multiplication instead of exponential. You know, there aren't more things to learn. You just keep applying those same rules across the entire app, which is sometimes easy, sometimes hard, like nested data gets kind of weird. Depending on how you store and retrieve data, that stuff can get weird. Everything can get weird. That's app development. But at least you have this <laughs> guiding star of here's a view. 
here's your model. Here's a crazy bridgey thing. Good luck. <laughs> Everything can be as complex as you want it to be and can get as messy as you want it to get based on what your app is, no matter what yeah. you're developing in. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I create a mess in every app architecture. I promise you there I have not witnessed an app architecture that has not needed release valves or of some sort or another. I call them escape hatches. You got to escape out of there, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Those things. Hooks, I think they used to call them. There you go. Hmm. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. Should have a brand new app out in what? Five days, right? This is rapid application development with XAML. I should be hot reloaded and right to the store. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for your update next week, everybody, when Frank gives us his update of how much progress he's made in iCircuit based on Xamarin Forms. Ah, well, I'm excited, Frank. I'm excited for you and your journey. And that finally, it took you five releases, but you got there. File newing Xamarin Forms all day. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the future. And we have a lot to talk about this year as there's more and more C-sharp.net goodness and cross-platform mobile stuff. And heck, who knows? Google I.O. and WWDCs around the corner and builds around the... Like, who knows? It's going to be an amazing year. I'm excited that all of you are here for us. But that is going to do it until next week. This has been another Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.